Live on American Family Radio, this is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger, and this is the show for you as a family caregiver. How you doing? How you holding up? What's going on with you? 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to have you with us. There are more than 65 million Americans right now serving as a family caregiver for aging loved one, a special needs child, somebody with a mental illness, somebody with a trauma, somebody with an addiction or an alcoholism issue. There's so many different kinds of impairments, and there's always a caregiver, and that may be you. And if you are that person, then you're in the right place. We're glad you're with us. How do you help a caregiver? What does that look like? What goes on in the hearts and minds of caregivers? This is what we talk about on this show, and I bring... 35 plus years now of doing that very thing for a wife with severe medical issues and disabilities. And I've learned a few things along the way, most of it the hard way, of how to navigate through this without losing too much of your mind. I won't say that I hadn't lost my mind, but without losing too much of your mind. And, and also I noticed that it doesn't stop at a cemetery the trauma for caregivers, the challenges for caregivers. It doesn't stop when the caregiving journey is over when your loved one passes away. And, and, I, and I've talked to so many people about that now. I haven't experienced that personally because I'm still caring for my wife. She's still with me. and but I, but, but I have talked to a lot of folks who are still struggling long after the, the funeral. And I remember one lady called in. Uh, one of the first phone calls I ever got. And she said her husband, the anniversary of her husband's death was coming up. And 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 she didn't really kind of know what to do. No, no, I'm sorry. It was Valentine's Day was coming up. And she and her husband had been married for years, I mean decades. She took care of him with Alzheimer's in the last several years. And she was struggling mightily um, and, and didn't really know what to do on, on Valentine's Day. And so I asked her, I said, what was his favorite meal? And she said, it was spaghetti. And I said, well, how about making some spaghetti? And maybe inviting some some people over to have spaghetti with you and celebrate the love that you two had. And you could just hear her visibly perk up. And she said, you know what, that's a great idea. I think I'm going to do that. And and she did. And it was a meaningful time for her and, and friends. And they celebrated that life. And I think sometimes we as caregivers fail to celebrate the love, particularly those of us who are spouses doing this with a with a husband or wife. And, and we sometimes get so caught up in the challenges of being a caregiver and the hardship and the drama and all that kind of stuff that we fail to celebrate the the beauty and the love and what brought you together what brought you together i'd like to hear from you we'll we'll get to our song in a minute here but what what brought you to your loved one if you're taking care of a spouse how'd you meet what 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 precipitated this love that has endured so much how did you meet and let's celebrate that a little bit today. I'll tell you, uh, one of the, the, the non-recommended pickup lines that, that, that I've used with my wife, <laughs> with, 
you going to eat the rest of that sandwich? You know, I don't recommend that. I, I, I'm not going to argue with the results, but I'm not going to recommend that you ever approach a young lady. We were in college when we met. you going to eat the rest of that sandwich. But you got to understand, I came from a large family, uh, a very large family. I have four brothers and a sister. My sister's the baby, but don't let that fool you. She'll scrap with the best of you. And and dad's a minister down in South Carolina, and you know we didn't have a lot. You know how sometimes you're you're poor and you don't know it. Well, we were certain of it, and 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 uh, we were we were army brats, uh, Salvation Army brats, and you know the the concept of of wasted food was was just alien to me, and and I. I remember taking Gracie home for our first dinner. Uh, I mean, first time meeting my family. And we're sitting around the dining room table. And she puts just, now Gracie came from two girls, just just two girls. And they were four years apart. So her house was a lot quieter than mine. And we're sitting around the table, which I'm fairly accustomed to doing. It's a, it's a feeding frenzy at my house. And Gracie just puts a little bit of food on her plate. And I said, well, baby, don't you want more than that? She said, oh, I'll get it when it comes back around. And I and I looked at her and I said, baby, it ain't coming back around. My brother Jimmy's at the cleanup at the end of the table. <laughs> I said, it ain't coming back around. You better get it now. And, and so I didn't have any concept of the word leftovers until we got married. And... And I, 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 that was an alien concept to me. I remember when I was in high school. Did you all see that movie Radio? Anybody, anybody see that movie Radio? Cuba Gooding Jr. started it, mentally challenged fellow that uh, high school adopted. Well, that was my high school. And I knew Radio. All my brothers and my sister and I went to 11th grade with Radio because he was perpetually in 11th grade. And he'd come around the cafeteria and want to take food off your plate. And this was long before his story became famous and became such an inspirational figure. And he's coming up to me, are you going to eat that cheeseburger, white boy? And I said, yes, radio, I'm going to eat this cheeseburger. I'm hungry. I'm going to, you know, I didn't care if he's going to end up becoming a, a major motion picture and a statue in the town for him. I was hungry. And uh, so I, that was my life. And it was fun. You know, I remember one time the lights went out, the power went out. And I think of, we were sitting around the table, and I think it was Jimmy who did this to me. But it was, uh, I got stabbed in the hand reaching for a pork chop in the dark. So it was, you know, that was my life, and and I introduced my wife to that, and we had a lot of fun with it, and and she she adapted, and she's learned to be loud and boisterous with the rest of us, but it was so funny watching her with that this this very she had you know white gloves party manners kind of thing, and then she married into a pack of wolves, and so and then that's and those the those are the kind of things that I think about um, of this love that we've had that this. Uh, journey that we've been on now for over 35 years that has been fraught with heartache and, and painful things and, and, and sadness and, and suffering and trauma. If you don't have the anchoring of love in that, how are you doing this? How is this working for you? And, and so that's um, something I'd like for you to share with us Today, if you want to, if you feel comfortable with that, 888-589-8840. How did you meet your husband, your wife? Some of you are taking care of very difficult, uh, you're involved in, in very difficult circumstances. 
And how do you sustain yourself in that? Do you, is it okay for you to laugh? I, I find that it is okay to laugh. I make Gracie laugh all the time, and I, we deal with all kinds of crazy stuff in our life. But if you don't have a sense of humor about this, and there are some people that get offended. I remember when I was doing the um, You Might Be a Caregiver If um, thing with Jeff Foxworthy. And I, he and I did this some years ago. And when we launched this, I remember one person was like, uh, was involved with the company, and they were like, oh, you, you know, I don't think he should take this so frivolously. And then they looked at my resume as a caregiver, and they thought, oh, well, maybe he, you know, okay, well, you know, they kind of slinked off a little bit. Because I think you have every permission to laugh. There is this, uh, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to laugh, there's a time to cry. Now, what about you? What about you? Is there a time for you to laugh? Is there a time for you to cry? Is there a time for you to participate in the joy of a love that is, you know, allowing you the strength to, to keep doing what you do? If so, share it with us. We'll do our song here in a minute. I got to, got to go to a break here, but uh, I've got a song that I think you're going to like a lot. I think you're probably going to know it. There's a great story behind it as well. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We're so glad that you're with us. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Does the changing of the seasons have you thinking about the future? If you're feeling like you can't contribute as you have in the past, maybe we can offer some help. There are many ways to make an end-of-the-year charitable gift. A cash donation comes with the advantage of a tax deduction. Transferring appreciated stock can allow you to avoid capital gains taxes. You could leave a gift through a will or trust by naming AFA as a beneficiary. And a charitable gift annuity provides a deduction for today as well as guaranteed income for life. Let us show you how to maximize your year-end giving for yourself and for AFA. Visit afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345. If the economy has you worried about what the future may bring, giving through the AFA Foundation could help. Again, that's afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345. It's much easier to be forgiven than to ask for forgiveness. This week we've looked at God's traits and how they should impact the way we live. While God is holy, good, just, and love, He's also merciful. One of the greatest marks of spiritual maturity is the ability to show mercy in response to personal offense by someone else. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr with another Stand in the Gap Minute. One of the most challenging traits to emulate is the mercy of God. Psalm 116.5 says God is merciful, but what does that mean? Well, mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone else, often from the one who is stronger to one who is weaker. We're called to be merciful to those around us. Jesus promised, blessed are the merciful. Why? Well, for they shall obtain mercy. You see, mercy is part of our DNA as followers of Christ, so let's help others see it through our actions. Discover more at American Pastors Network Cause with Jesus I can take it all as him I know I can stand no matter what 
Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. We're so glad to have you with us. Thank you for joining the show. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 if you want to be a part of the show. We're talking today about how you met. I talked to so many spouses who are caring for their loved one, and they've been married for, for years. And I think sometimes it's easy to get pulled into a... A, a difficult vortex of being so lost in the caregiving that we forget the this great love that brought you two together. So how'd you meet? And if you want to share that with us, 888-589-8840. And I am going to go with our song today. I love this song. It's a um, it, it's a song that you're going to, I'm just going to play the chorus because I think you'll get it so easily. But it's a great song. This is the song that Gracie sings quite a bit when she's really struggling. And I'll hear her do this. I've heard it in hospitals and so forth. Her just singing it. Her voice just echoes down the, the hall. And it is um, it's a simple chorus. And there's a great story behind this of the woman who wrote the lyrics. So I'm going to step over to the caregiver keyboard here and see if you know this song. real easy the chorus is real easy but it is such a great song uh, when you can't really focus your mind on a lot of other things and if you know that it's 888-589-8840 888-589-8840 and the reason I wanted to do that one today because there were there are times that we go through as caregivers where it gets it, it gets so heavy for us and we forget that there is something greater. I, I shared this quote a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's worth repeating. A friend of mine told me this. We live in the moment, but we have the perspective of eternity, which gives meaning to the moment. What does that mean? Oftentimes, as caregivers, we're living in fear of what's coming down the pike. We know what's coming down the pike, for the most part, and we live in fear about it. But if we are present right here, right now, knowing that eternity is settled for us in Christ, then that gives meaning to the present moment that we're in, that we can be free to not freak out about this. And, and that's, that's our journey as caregivers. This is, this is what we are challenged to do. Because otherwise, what we're going to do is we're going to live in this, this terrible regret of the past or this terrible fear of the future. And we're going to miss right where we are to be present right here. And how do we know that we can do this? Well, and that's where our faith comes in. And this is what Scripture teaches. That's what this song is about. Um, it's, um, 
I spent a lifetime doing this of of struggling with trying to get out of the moment. And I spent a lifetime trying to to demand that God free me from this, free Gracie from this. And all all I did was just make myself miserable and 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 Gracie as well. And when I learned to just be here, and, and I think the phrase that I have for this year it is that we're not there yet. Because I'm, I'm learning to train myself to, to not freak out about decisions that we don't have to make at this point. We're not there yet. And I'm trusting along the journey. We're not there yet. So we've got this surgery coming up with Gracie on top of this broken leg that she's struggling with, which is healing. And she said, well, what are we going to do? What are we gonna... I said, We're not there yet. How about you? Are you struggling with that? Now, the author of this song, the, the lady who wrote the lyrics for this, uh, she was she felt called. She was born, I think she was born in, in the U.K., but she came to America, and she was at Urbana in, I think, Ohio, and really felt called to go to the mission field, but she had frail health. health. And um, but, but ended up actually being a missionary, but she wanted to go to China, I believe, but she couldn't go. And she got married to a fellow, and then he... Uh, he drowned while trying to save a boy, I think, in New York uh, that was in the water, and he tried to get in there and help him and, and drowned. And and it was, um, you know, she's had some, some real tragedy. She ended up going to the mission field. She remarried, and um, I think she ended up going to what was used to be called Rhodesia, and I think it's Zimbabwe now, and that's where I think she ended up passing away. But she she was wrote this amazing song, this amazing lyric that has sustained so many of us for a lifetime. And it and it helps us give meaning to the moment. So we're free to just be present in the moment. And and I, I wrote this song some years ago. Um it, it's on my C D and it's called I Can Only Hold You Now. And and I, and the lyric goes, you know, I see where we are and I see all that you are. And when I look at Gracie, I see 35 years of Gracie. That's the that's the, kind of the 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 mystery of marriage, isn't it? That you you can you can see a lifetime together. And and I and I celebrate these things and I and I enjoy and I laugh and we have these shared experiences of of all this, you know, journey that we've had. And so I want to to honor that. And not live in this sense of regret and not live in this sense of fear. I've done that. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's truly exhausting to do that. And so that's why these songs that I sing and play here for you, that's why I introduce them to you, because it helps remind me of just being here and that I can celebrate her in the moment, even with all the things that we deal with. And it's, it's our faith and our perspective of eternity that helps us do that. So I thought that might be helpful. Let's go to, uh, I think this is David in Tennessee. 
but I can't log on. So Sherry, I'm going to let you just hit it for me because I can't, for some reason, my software is giving me fits here. If you can picture the David, are you with us? Well, uh, we can't get to David right at this moment. We're having to change some computer settings. So I'll, I'll get David after the break. If you'd hang on there and, this song, though, I'm going to hit it for you again, just in case you didn't hear it. written by Louisa Sneed. Uh, Stead, Stead, Louisa Stead. So is David with us? I'm here. David, are you with us? There you are, David. How are you doing? What's the song? Jesus, Jesus, how I love you. Well, close. Do you want to, you want to take another stab well, at it? What is it? Well, that, it's, you're close. That's exactly what it sounded like to me. Well, it's Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, well, precious it Jesus. I played a lot when I was a kid. Well, and it still is. It's a great, it's a great hymn. Tis so sweet to yes, trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. And that's the, the whole point of that song is to anchor us in, we can trust him. And Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And as a caregiver, do we trust him in this? Do we trust him as caregivers? Yes. And, and, and why? Why do we trust him? David, why do you trust him? Well. When you look at all the things he's done for us, and here I am, 74 years old, and he really takes care of me. So I, I trust him. Indeed, and that's what it says, how I've proved him over and over. Now this, and, I, and I share with you the heartache that this woman had. Thank you very much for the call, David. Appreciate it very much. Uh, and I shared with, um, I mean, as I shared with how she wrote this, you know, this is a woman who watched her husband drown as he was trying to save a little boy who was drowning. And then she wrote this lyric. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. So it takes on new meaning when you hear the stories behind these hymns of the faith that, that helped write these lyrics that we depend on so when your loved one is looking out the window listlessly and they don't recognize you anymore can you sing this when they're crying out in pain can you sing this this is what Gracie sings when she's in a lot of pain. 
and I've heard her many times over it, but she'll change the last line and she'll say, oh, for Gracie to trust him more. We have the perspective of eternity and that's what gives meaning to the moment. These are painful things that we deal with as caregivers. And that's why I push so hard to be able to help celebrate and, and get our eyes lifted a little bit higher. Otherwise, it'll take us down. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Davis. On behalf of Greg Crawford, a Trader Joe's manager, PGI filed a lawsuit against his employer for being fired after requesting to submit a religious accommodation letter for the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, Crawford was informed that managers had to be vaccinated to participate in a required leaders meeting. Well, PGI's staff attorney, Ronald Hackenberg, sent a letter to Trader Joe's on Crawford's behalf, pointing out the discriminatory nature of blocking Crawford from the meeting. PGI has helped countless Americans keep their jobs. Don't hesitate to access our free COVID resources today. Visit pji.org. Learn more about our ministry and get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. Remember the website, pji.org. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. And that song by Keith Green is the whole point of all of this. You put this love in our hearts. And as long as we understand the source of our love, it gives us the freedom then to lavishly extend that as caregivers. That's the whole point of this. But if we're trying to draw on this from ourselves... It's only a matter of time before we're done, where it just depletes us. And I, I know this. And we, when, we, when we tap into the inexhaustible love of God through what he's done through Christ, then it frees us up to be able to extend this to others. As Paul says in Corinthians, we comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from the God of all comfort. 
the God of all comfort, is the source, not you. So if you're in the throes of this right now as a caregiver and you feel completely drained, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And that reason stems from us trying to white-knuckle it and do it on our own strength. And we can't. It's only a matter of time before we fail and just fizzle out. You cannot hold your breath that long. Go back to what they say on airlines. You know, put your mask on first. I call that the Delta Doctrine. I was flying on Delta one day, and they said, put your mask on first. And I thought, well, actually, that sounds pretty good for caregivers. But if you notice, they say this on every flight, every airline-associated entity says this every time. The FAA, the, the, the flight attendants union, the pilots, everybody says, put your mask on first before trying to help someone else. Okay, we got that. That's obvious. But now my question to you is, why do they have to remind us of this every single time? Because it's counterintuitive. If you notice something across uh, the board here with, with what's going on in our country, there's this, there's this constant um, push from certain segments of our society that we're evolving as people, that we're getting better as people. We're becoming better people. We're becoming, you know, our character is improving and so forth. And, and I, I don't really, I, I don't subscribe to that at all. Because I don't think we've 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 come that far as character. I think we've learned how to uh, sin more efficiently, but not new sin. Billy Graham said that years ago. We haven't invented any new sins. As people, we're not necessarily evolving in our character, and we we still deal with the same problems. And that applies pretty much across the board. Human nature is just what it is, and it's counterintuitive for us to put our mask on first. We rush to things and that's part of that's wired into us. You know, as, as human beings, we, we, we made in the image of God, even though sin has tainted all of this, we're still made in the image of God. And God rushes into burning things. That's what he did for us. I, I, I remember the, uh, you remember the anthropologist, Margaret Mead? Uh, they asked her what, evidence she saw of civilization or so forth and she saw um uh, but she was and her answer surprised her they were looking for like pots and clay you know clay pots and stuff like that and she said no i found bones where a person had broken their leg and the bone had been set and that's when i realized that you know that that people were caring for one another and that's the mark of civilization and and I I get that that's what we do as caregivers we're doing this, but we we have things in us that are just counterintuitive to to what we're being told or what what the what the obvious thing is and that's where this whole put on your mask first and so as I thought about that I thought well okay they're having to remind me of this all the time why are they having to remind me why can't I figure this out and that's a question for another day but I took I took it seriously. And I thought, well, what does that look like to put on my mask first with Gracie? I don't even know what that looks like. 
And I thought, well, let me think about that. How do I see to my own safety so that I can better help her? Well, first off, I better help her when I'm safer, when I'm healthier, when I'm stronger, when I'm able to breathe. Because I was holding my breath trying to help her. And you can't hold your breath that long. You're going to black out. I know. You cannot do it. So I had to accept the wisdom of others and trust that they knew what they were doing. The collective wisdom of every person associated with the airline industry said this to me, and I had to trust it. As caregivers, who do we trust? And that's why I did this hymn this morning. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. How I've proven over and over. Just to take him at his word. And then once we realize, oh, okay, this is the path we're going to go on. I'm going to trust him with this. Well, what does it look like to trust your loved one to Jesus? And a friend once gave me a great piece of advice. He said to me once, he said, Peter, she has a savior. You're not that savior. She has a savior. You're not that savior. And I thought about that a lot too. That's why I tell myself and my fellow caregivers, look down at your hands. If you don't see nail prints, this isn't yours to fix. We have a different role to play. And if we have a different role to play in this, what is it? And we're stewards. We don't own it. I didn't do this to Gracie. I can't undo it. Your loved one maybe has a disease that you have no control over. And you can't undo this. So what's your role? We're stewards, not owners. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. I have found in my life that when it gets gnarly, and I think this is all up to me, that is the time for me to be still. Stand still, because it cannot be all up to me, and it cannot be all up to you. If we discount the work of God in our situation, if we somehow try to exercise a level of control that is not possible for us, it's only a matter of time before we cause more damage. There will be sadness in this journey. There will be sorrow. And as I wrote in my song, I know there will be sorrow. We'll face that somehow, but my hands can't hold tomorrow. I can only hold you now. We live in the moment and we trust because we have the perspective of eternity. And that frees us up to be in the moment. And sometimes that moment requires us to cry, to mourn. But how in the world are we going to 
be comforted in our mourning. As Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. How do we get comforted if we're so busy raging out or despairing out? If we're flailing around, how do we experience comfort if we're demanding that God fix it? Sometimes we have to look at it and mourn. But Scripture says we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And that's why I want to introduce things to you throughout this program and throughout the year when we talk about these things of, of celebrating things that have beauty and, and joy in it. How you met. What drew you together? What joy do you find together? What joy do you hang on to in those dark moments? These are things that are important to us as caregivers because they're sustaining things in the dark and lonely moments. I was talking to someone this week going through this very thing of losing their spouse. He says she's fading away. And I re-anchored him in the truth that I knew because I know his faith. I said, no. She's moving to Jesus. And he took a deep breath. He said, you're right. We mourn. But part of mourning is looking at it honestly. And if you look at it honestly... You see the sorrow, you see the pain, you see the suffering, you see the, the heartache, but you also see the beauty and the joy. It's there. It just may need a little bit of help to see it sometimes. There's a song I wrote years ago for Gracie. She inspired me to write it. And I was watching, she was out with our son when he was just a little boy, and she was outside, you know, with him. And she, this was before she lost her uh, her first leg. And she said this line to me. She said, sometimes the pain each day can bring clouds the joy that's there. She was trying to stand on a damaged leg, on two damaged legs, while watching her son play. And it was so painful, but she was trying to to push through that to see our son and enjoy him as a toddler. Sometimes the pain each day can bring clouds the joy that's there. And in moments like that, we don't want platitudes. We don't want somebody to come along and say, it's going to be okay. Or it's going to be this. It's going to be that. Sometimes we just somebody say, I know. And I know this is painful. But here's the perspective of eternity. And that gives meaning to the moment. This is how I do it. May not work for you, but this is how I do it. You may not want to do this. This is how I do it. This is how I've done it for a lifetime. To live right here in this moment. In this moment with you. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to be a part of the show, we'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident, leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. 
I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. I'm Peter Rosenberger, and this is your Caregiver Minute. In the caregiving journey, we daily encounter high-drama moments, and they can really wear on us. Some of those drama moments may be from our loved one. Others might be from friends and family or the medical community. And sometimes those high-drama moments come internally as we mentally slap ourselves around over things we wish we had done better or wish we'd not done at all. You know, we're not going to eliminate all of those moments, but we can reduce them by asking one simple question. How important is this? See, that's the question. When we ask how important is this, it gives us and others an opportunity to prioritize and even detach from the circumstances so we can determine, is this really a crisis Or maybe this is something we can just let go. How important is it for us to be calmer caregivers? And we can answer that one right now together. It's vitally important. This has been your Caregiver Minute with Peter Rosenberger, brought to you by Standing With Hope. There's more information at standingwithhope.com. Do you see, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care, don't you care? Are you gonna let them drown? How can you be so numb Not to care if they come You close your eyes And pretend the job's done Welcome back to Hope for Caregiver. This is Peter. I can't even speak this morning. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. We're glad to have you with us. 888-589-8840 if you want to be a part of the show. Sharon in Texas. Sharon, good morning. How are you feeling? Sharon? Yes. There you are. Hello. How you, how you feeling, Sharon? Go ahead. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I always look forward to hearing your program on Saturday morning here in Texas. And um, I've been listening for quite a while. And I just thought, I'm going to try to call today and tell Peter Rosenberg how much I appreciate his ministry and his show and the... Uh, help and the courage that it gives me dealing with uh, feeling really, really sad because uh, my husband's birthday was October the 17th. Um, he passed away just a week after his um, 75th birthday. And it's still, I seems like every year I miss him more and it hurts more to Remember that, you know, he's not with me anymore. I know. I know it does. And and I we I think we all hurt with you. I think I can speak for the audience. We hurt with you. And that pain is an ache that that will not go away. Some pains are just not going to be cured this side of heaven. What are you going to do on yeah. October 17th? Well, I heard you talking about... Uh, 
talking to a previous um, person in a previous show about celebrating his birthday, uh, fixing dinner with his favorite food, and um, I think maybe that sounds like a great idea. I have wonderful children, um, five kids, and uh, um, they are a great support to me, but uh, I just sometimes feel like nobody feels my pain, but then they realize they do. Well, what was his favorite meal? Well, um, he loved chicken and dumplings, <laughs> but um, and and I who, and who in their right mind doesn't? <laughs> well, I don't. You don't like chicken and dumplings? Was, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was always such a, a joy for me to fix it for him, though. But. Um, I don't ever fix it now because he's not here for me to fix it for. What about uh what movie did he enjoy? Oh, he loved series more than movies and he loved a program called 24. <laughs> well, I would say I would recommend watching that but I don't know that I I could do that myself. I you know, that that was a uh, that would be too much of a commitment, I think, to try to watch a whole series. <laughs> yeah, I just watch one program every now and then just to remember yeah, about it was, him. It was. It was <laughs> wh- where? How did you guys meet? Well, um, I was dating his brother. <laughs> no, uh, because... well, the plot thickens here. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, we had a mutual friend, and and she knew that um, I was um, looking for the perfect guy, and um, and and he uh, was not committed to anyone at that time, and so she thought she'd just put us together, and uh, I mean that was how I met his brother, and so then his brother had. Uh, been in a relationship with a lady, and for whatever reason, they broke up, and uh, he was, he was trying to fill the void. And then uh, after we had dated, like maybe I can't remember, maybe once or twice, he realized that he needed to get back with her. So he knew he had a brother that was looking for someone, and so he he put <laughs> us together, and it, the rest is history. We just fell hard for each other and we were married 47 years when he passed away and uh, something just told me he didn't have a serious serious illness but he was a heart patient and he um, but he was real diligent about following through with his heart uh, checkup every year and uh, so anytime he'd have problems well we caught it early and um we just lived for each other, and of course, after we'd been married like um, three years, well, I met the Lord first through His precious mom, who was like a another mother to me, and uh, and then a year later, He finally joined me attending church, and He got saved, and then a year after that, He surrendered to the ministry, and the rest of our life, we um, just had blessing after blessing serving the Lord, him preaching, and I played the piano, and we just had a joyful life 
pastoring small churches. <laughs> well, I assume that you played the hymn that I played this morning. Is that correct? Oh, oh yeah, I recognize that right away. <laughs> you still Jesus, play the piano? This is how I trust him, sir. You still play the piano? Yes. Uh, uh, I play it mostly just for my entertainment. And uh, But there have been times that I uh, I play and sing. I play for my own self when I sing. I really like to do that. And uh, But I have had the opportunity to play for different um, opportunities in the church. And that's always well, a blessing. I'm going to give you two assignments. Is that all right? Okay. Can I give you two assignments? Yes. I want you to I want you to go and play this hymn later on today at your convenience that we talked about this morning. Just play it a little slower. Cuz oftentimes people will try to, you know, No, don't play it that way. Play it slower. <laughs> okay. 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 Just That, about that speed, okay? Okay. And you can throw in some of those chords too, if you want. Uh, those are some of those some of those high dollar chords there that they they throw me out of some churches for playing. But play that song a little slower and sing along with it. Jesus, Jesus, okay. how I trust Him. And then oh, yeah, there's another hymn. Good. Well, there's another hymn that I'd like for you to play, and. I'm looking for my hymnal here. Sharon, where's my hymn? Where's my hymnal, Sharon? Anyway, I can't <laughs> I find my hymnal. But there's yet. another hymn I want you to I want you to play. Oh, love that will not let me go. Do you know that one? Oh, love. Uh, I I have heard it. I have never played it. Go and play it again. Oh, love. Oh, love that will not let me go. And we'll if you'll go it. and just you get you have a hymnal, I assume. Yeah, and, several. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. So I've I've collected some great hymnals from a lot of churches over the years. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that. So, um, so is it in the hymn book? I didn't know that. It's it it's it's in the hymnal, um, in in sanctified hymnals. No, nah, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> go and and look look for that one. Oh, love that will not let me go. And I think oh. that you'll find that this hymn will mean something to you. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. Oh, love that will okay. not let me go. And just slowly and let those lyrics just, let them, let them bask over you. There's one verse on there. Oh, joy that seekest me through pain. I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain that morn shall tearless be. Mm. And it's just mm. recognizing that right now there are there are tears. And October 17th, you know, there's going to be tears mm -hmm. that day. Sharon, you know this. Yeah. But yeah. that... There is that promise, and it's not in vain, that that morn that waits us, M-O-R-N, that morning shall tearless be. Yeah. But in the meantime, we, we cry, and we weep, and we mourn, 
But we trust in that process. Right. And there right. are so many individuals listening to this show right now who are uh, unsure what to do with this sorrow and this grief. And this yeah. is where we anchor one another with this, and we say, Oh, love that will not let me go. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. How I've proved yeah. him over and over. And you have 47 years with this man, and you proved him over and over in a marriage that lasted 47 years where you, you all minister to who knows how many people, and you've proved this. Yeah. And so in those yeah. moments when it gets bleak and lonely— God gave you a tremendous gift of being able to go to the piano. Go to the piano. Yeah. Play it slowly. Just play it slowly. Okay. Okay? Okay. Slow it down. And yeah. however slow you think you're playing it, slow it down even more. Okay. Be it's, like, right. it's, like a, it's like a soaker hose. You know, um, you ever water your garden with a soaker hose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what... That's what these hymns can do for us and all too often we use it like a fire hose and that's just not cool we don't want to go tis so sweet to trust in jesus no let it soak into your spirit okay yeah yeah and from one piano from one church piano player to another just take a leap of faith that that will mean something to you and you know what on october 17th i'll be playing that song for you myself okay Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you're such a blessing to me. Well, you are to me as well. Thank you so much for sharing a great love that you and your husband had. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.